hundreds of years before the dawn of history lived a strange race of people, the Druids. Classic. I'd like to take attention to the fact that that would not be possible without the hard work of Ian Faith, who goes out to find <laughs> mandolin strings in Atlanta. Well, it was Austin, actually. Uh, Austin, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I believe though that like finding mandolin strings in Austin would probably not be hard at all. Well, like, I mean, I think that goes for a, a lot of the work that Ian does. Yeah, yeah. At six thirty on a Friday, that'd be pretty easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stonehenge, Stonehenge is easily the best song in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. It's really hard to say. Like, they're all so good, but like, I've got a penchant yeah. for Heavy Duty. Oh yeah, um, Heavy Duty's sick. I don't know. I really like Give Me Some Money. <laughs> Give me some money. He's really fucking good. <laughs> Give me yeah, some we'll, money. We'll talk about the music more and we'll listen to it more a little bit later on. And that's why we're not on Spotify, probably. It, yeah, well, uh, I mean, I, I think we have to do an edit for Spotify. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, Jake, do you want to recap our last episode a little bit? Catch okay. us up? Uh, so, we went through a little bit about the production of the film we talked about um rob reiner's career and how he uh hooked up with the other fabulous people in this movie um and sort of the genesis of the idea for spinal type itself and how it went through a couple different stages from like being a skit to uh to uh them making like a sort of demo short film for the movie and yeah. then it's just pretty fucking funny yeah it is pretty funny <laughs> Both the skit and the movie are the short film. And the short film is, like, interesting, too. I don't know. The one thing I will say with the short film is because, like, I know how much of the film that they improvised. It's, like, it kind of bothers me to know which parts weren't improvised because they were already done in the short film. That's, yeah. Yeah. I find that super interesting. Like, it does kind of ruin the magic in a little bit of the way. Yeah. In a little bit of a way. but Because they are improvising in the sense that... Um, they had said that they had really hashed out the like yeah. characters. So like, then again, had... it's interesting that like it's not possible to tell necessarily what was improvised and what wasn't, unless you but, actually. But my point, but my point there was that they they are aren't necessarily not improvising. Right. It's just that okay. they're saying the same information again. Right. 
if but you know I mean, what I mean. Because yeah. the scenes aren't exactly the same. The same information is presented because they like they know that Spinal Tap. They know because remember they said they, they they thought of all the background and shit. So they thought of like uh, the, the the originals. The scene that I'm thinking of is the scene with the. Uh, um, oh, this scene was actually completely different in the film versus in the short thing, which was about the cover. Yeah, the the smell the glove. Yeah, I always thought that like when they were saying the cover that that was the first time the actor was hearing what was on the cover. Right. Okay. Which I thought was really funny, but apparently that's not how it happened. Right. Because they already he already knew it was on the cover because he had done it in the. Yeah. But I guess that that's not yeah. what it was. He knew what it was. On I the mean, cover I didn't. I I never knew until uh, going through the podcast outline that most of the movie was improvised. So, I mean. Even scripted, I thought everything was oh yeah amazing. I mean right? yeah, but, it's definitely. So I mean, <laughs> to, I mean to me, whatever, finding out that some stuff is yeah. not improvised, I'm still just impressed to find out that it, oh, what what amount of it had been. It's still improvised in the sense that there was never a script. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But so the like, information existed. I'm wondering something like uh, like the song "All the Way Home." Like, were they coming up with that? Song I on, think on the spot. spot. Yeah. Yeah, I think they improvised that scene. I remember yeah. reading somewhere that they improvised that scene. That's a different one, but uh, that's also. Um, oh, that's, uh, that, no, that's, yeah. that's the same one. No, that's the Heart Break Cartel scene where they're at Elsa's grave. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. The, the, all the way home is. Uh, uh, how does it go? Uh, well, if she's not on the 519, I don't know what sorrow means, and I'm gonna cry, cry, cry. All the way home. All the way home. All the way home. Do you remember the first song that you guys ever wrote together? All the way home, probably. Yeah. All the way home? Yeah. Can you remember a little bit of it? I'd love to hear. Christ. <laughs> Some black coffee, maybe. How's it going? Beside the railroad track. And I'm waiting for that train to bring you back. Bring me back. If she's if 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 she's not on the 519, then I'm gonna know what sorrow means, and I'm gonna cry, cry, cry all the way home, all the way home, all the way home, all the way home, all the way home. Cry, 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 that's, no, that was super impressive that they improvised that. But I wonder about the Heartbreak Hotel scene as well, if they improvised that too. Well, I know that specifically they they knew that they were going to do Heartbreak Hotel. Right. Because that yeah, was the exactly. only other song that they got the rights to. Right. But yeah, I wonder if they exactly. knew how they were going to do it. Well, no, I, I assume yeah, they just kind not. of like... Because the whole idea is that it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> like their rendition yeah. of Heartbreak Hotel is terrible. That's right. It's, it's a beautiful <laughs> harmonization. Like... I don't know. That's it. That's another thing that I thought was like super on the nose about the film when they're talking about like, you know, harmonies, or or like when they're just talking about like people coming up with things like that. Like, um, I don't know. Like, uh, it's interesting that we're doing this movie obviously because we're we've been in a band and we sure. kind of kind of are in a band right now. You know, despite Corona. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, Corona keeping us apart yeah, here, but yeah. like, yeah. Uh, it's just like every time, like I've ever tried to do that exact same thing, like just come up with harmonies, like on the spot. That exact same thing always happens. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's very yeah, much yeah, totally. true. No, I'm doing the false. I'm no, doing no, the no, octave. No, shit, no, yeah, not like, the fifth. It's 
but that's why it's so on the nose. I know exactly. It's just it. like it's so, so perfect because it's like, like like so many of th- these things I've like actually seen, and it's like yeah, it's yeah, so true. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and we should like I don't think we mentioned it last time, but we'll get into it a bit more. But they played all the instruments in the in the uh, in the movie. And like in the soundtrack, like it's these guys in the band plus the yeah, other guys. like he wasn't live on set, on but it was no. like but the yeah didn't yeah, Christopher Guest wrote most of the music, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, but like the uh, they are lip syncing in the shot, right? Fair enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Just because yeah. you know, <laughs> obviously. Um. So yeah. So let's we can jump right into the production now. So, so from where we were, just a, a little bit of of back up the people who were already cast uh from the demo that we were talking about um were tony hendra who who played ian faith um rick parnell played mick shrimpton the drummer um and uh rick parnell had played in a band called atomic rooster who uh, you may or may not know is the band that uh started Carl Palmer's career. I, I do, in fact, know huh. know of Carl Palmer and his time at Atomic Rooster. Carl Palmer of Emerson, like I, Carl Palmer of Emerson, like a Palmer. Yes. Yeah. So, so he just he just dipped out to ELP, and then they called up uh, Rick Parnell to replace him. Right. I don't know if he was a direct replacement because he played it in he played it in the band for like two months, shortly after. Uh, Carl Palmer left, and then he he left the band, and then he went back to the band. Mm. Oh, okay. A few months later, and played with them for a couple of years. Mm. Anyway, so it's nineteen eighty two ish, and they start casting a lot of the uh, the backups. Who Jake, you were gonna mention in part one, but I stopped you. So do you want to go go ahead now? <laughs> yeah, like I just find it really funny, like all the people that were sort of in the background of the movie. Mm. Like, I mean, we previously mentioned Fred Willard in like a really tiny part. Yeah, um, and then also like the uh, the mimes, like the mime. That's a great that, scene yeah. too. Yeah. So the yeah. two mimes are actually Billy Crystal and Dana Carvey. Right. So which <laughs> ones? Which ones berating the other one? Oh, Billy Crystal is the one doing the berating. Right. He's like, yeah, you, yeah. you can tell. Like, if you hear the voice, you're like, oh my god, that's Billy Crystal. <laughs> that's like, pretty funny. Like, yeah. Wait, wait so. a second. That's Mike Wazowski. Exactly. I, I, I did the flip. I did the flapping. Don't give me. Don't give me talk back. Just go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. Go. <laughs> Um, and then also like a really weird uh, small part was Angelica Houston. Oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. Because she does, she looks completely different than she normally does, and she's the artist who makes the Stonehenge monument. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which I just that was really hard because it's like a really tiny part. I don't know. Are there any that I'm missing? Well, there's also so you have Paul Schaefer. Right. <laughs> he plays Artie Fufkin. Artie Fufkin. Um, yes. <laughs> The kick my ass guy. L- literally, I, yeah. I'm begging you. I'm not asking. I'm telling. Kick, kick my ass. <laughs> kick my ass. I thought Come we on. had a relationship here. I'm not doing anything. I thought week. we had a relationship here. I don't know what, I don't know what happened. Business is terrible, Artie. What, what can I tell you? This is the truth. I know business is terrible, but, but what happens with a, with a record store with a promotion and nobody shows up? This isn't a, a personal thing, Artie. Nobody's coming in the Forget store. Forget personal to... thing. We had a relationship here. Forget about personal. What about a relationship? Dude, will you do something for me? What? Do me a favor. 
Just kick my ass, okay? Kick this ass for a man, that's all. Kick my ass. Enjoy. Come on. I'm not asking, I'm telling with this. Kick my ass. So then also, we for, I forgot to mention this uh, in the last episode, but in the demo, the guy who plays Viv Savage is notably different. Yes. Um, and he's 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 more of a presence in the demo than he is in the movie. Yeah, it's true. Viv Savage, like... He they he barely gets covered in the movie. I have a feeling that yeah. he had more stuff that got cut. Mm. Yeah, probably. Like which I guess they, they they wisely sort of figured out that like you know the core of the story was like Nigel and David. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. like sort of the relationship between those. So that they that was what they focused on. I am, however, glad that they they kept his philosophy on life. Have <laughs> a good time. All of the time. Yeah, um, like I, I get the sense that there was a lot of kind of stuff that they got cut out because I know that they did spend a lot of time editing this movie. Right. Yeah, um, McKean said that they uh, there was like tons of heartbreak in the editing room at all the great scenes they had to. Cut. Yeah, I can I imagine because they like, probably had some really funny jokes. A lot that, of it's comedic gold, yeah. right? So I mean, but I mean. I mean, I guess you want to have it be concise, but it's not like the movie ran too long anyway. It was like an hour, under an hour and a half, right? No, no, exactly. But I'm saying, like, it's a good thing it didn't, and that's probably because they cut out so much shit, right? Right. Yeah, well, as, like, they they shot over a hundred hours of footage. Right. That's a lot. Oh, wow. I really want to see some of that now. <laughs> I know. I don't know. Now what I want to know it, what I'm there's... missing is the thing, right? Yeah. But... There's a lot of deleted scenes floating around on YouTube and, like, extended mm. scenes. So, like, I think a lot of it is, like, the scenes that you see went on for, like, 20 minutes each one. Oh, and then okay. And they just, like, cut them into the best of the... So there were probably just of... a couple jokes that didn't make it, but all the scenes were kind of the same? Well, I'm not necessarily. Like, I'm sure there were other scenes as well, but that's also probably a lot of that 100 hours probably comes at least from that. Mm. Um, But, yeah... Uh, but Viv Savage, so I was just trying to figure out who the guy who played him was. So he's credited in the film as being played by David Calf. So I looked up David Calf. David Calf Wikipedia page redirects to a page for a band called Rare Bird. Okay. Um, so Rare are... Bird. Go on. No, no, I was just going to say, so are we saying he's not an actor? <laughs> No, well, it doesn't seem like he's an actor. There's right. nothing to do with acting. It's just this, it just his name redirects to this band. Mm-hmm. So I looked at the band members. There's no David Caff, but there is a David Caffinetti. Oh. Um. So I and he has a Wikipedia page. So I clicked on it, but it also redirects to <laughs> Bird. So it turns out that David Caffinetti is a name for a guy who was born David Franklin Ewer. Okay, so it's not. Is it? Is it the same guy? Yeah, it is the same guy. Okay. Anyway, he's so he's just like an actual organ player for this band, Rare Bird, right? Who had a number one hit in Italy and France in 1969. So I guess he was just some guy they knew, and uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's another reason he didn't get a lot of like uh, screen time is just because like not as good. Well, yeah, no, but also like you know, a lot of the jokes were probably improvised between like you know the main guys mm. and you know he probably just because he wasn't coming up coming up with any material for his character like he didn't have like you know, yeah anything to well, say yeah. really 
him and him and uh, Rick Parnell were were both like musicians, right? So yeah, exactly. They weren't comedic actors, so they, exactly. they held their own a little bit, but they weren't they weren't really there to to be that yeah, funny, exactly. <laughs> but but they were pretty funny. Yeah, they were good. Yeah. They were good. But I mean, obviously, scenes, once again, they didn't they didn't have that much screen time. No, and I I do feel like uh, Rick Parnell and and David Calf really brought the drugs to the sex drugs and rock oh, and yeah. roll of Spinal Tap. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that was their whole role. That's true. Just act fucked up. Oh, and yeah, there's also the the bit where he's like, uh, "Can you do like a part with the bass line on Big Bottom?" like nigel does and he's like yeah. i've got two hands yeah, i've got like, two oh, yeah, hands yeah, yeah, i can I've do got that two hands don't i yeah you don't even think he's being sarcastic he's just like yeah i can do that i got two hands <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. so yeah as i said 100 hours of footage shot by uh, a guy named peter smokler i believe that's how you pronounce it smokler or smokler i don't know i was sm- unable to determine this it's a difficult one. We thought we weren't going to have to do a pronunciation guide for this one. Well, I didn't do one because I couldn't figure out how it was pronounced. I didn't have the resources yeah. to do that. So if you know, email yes. at gmail.com. Smokler, smokler, let us know. Yeah, so it took three editors plus Rob Reiner over a year to edit the film. Wow. Um, <laughs> which is incredible. I feel like... Had they had access to like modern digital editing, it probably would have even taken longer because they probably would have like, like you know, done more like cutting in and out. Mm. I yeah. don't know. I I I always assume it would it would be shorter digitally. Just because well, no, of, like, it would be physical... in terms of like the actual doing of the of the task would be easier. But I'm saying like because it's easier, they more would time? they would spend more time doing it. I don't know if they'd spend a year on it though. I don't think you spend a year and plus on editing if you don't have to. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Although that being said, how's our film going? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I was thinking we could go through some of the the memorable scenes because you can't really talk about this movie without talking about like it goes up to eleven and all that. So. Yeah, I mean that whole scene with the guitar collection is one of my favorites is excellent it's just like being a guitar player myself like i yeah. uh i definitely identify a little bit with what what nigel's like uh on about oh, it's know? hilarious so like the uh don't even don't even breathe on it don't even don't breathe don't, on don't it. look at it don't look at it either you've had enough of that one <laughs> yeah that scene just keeps giving and giving and giving well one of it's my like, favorite huh? bits is like he's talking about like how precious all the guitars are and like how he's handling he's supposed to handle them carefully and then he's just like has a lit cigarette that is just like ashes are falling <laughs> off of it onto all the guitars <laughs> Uh, yeah, the one with the sustain when he picks it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, I don't hear anything. Yeah, but but you would if it was plugged in. You you, you would if it if it were playing. You know, if, if, it, were, if it were playing, if it were playing, I could just go. You gotta have a bite. You still be hearing that one. <laughs> I especially love the um uh the radio frequency guitar that is portable and doesn't need a oh yeah yeah well that that's actually that's that's uh that comes up later at the air force base 
Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah, I'm yeah. saying it's just. Well, I like that they have that in there. It's and it comes out at the end too. Comes up at the end too. Continuity. Yeah, yeah. yeah, in, yeah. Uh, when they're playing in Japan, he's trying to solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of a Chekhov's gun there. That's also the scene where he's uh, he's wearing the shirt with like the green. Uh, oh, that's uh, so yeah, good. Yeah, this, is like, this is an exact like, this replica. Is, this is actually this is actually. Although that was over the credits, though, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's like, still it's the same scene. It was the it's same. The same yeah, bit. it was shot at the same time. I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my exact. In, in the structure. structure. In the structure. But it wouldn't be green. In... Actually, it would be green you know, is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, see, if you look the... at your arms, it's, you know, well, that's just the skin underneath the it's blood the is vein. red. That's why it's blue. It's your blood. It's red. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, well, oh, maybe well, it isn't. Maybe it isn't green. But anyway. <laughs> okay. But also, okay. I feel like that was improvised. Like that. Just... <laughs> yeah, it must have, must have been. You like this? It's very nice. It looks like Halloween. This is exact my exact inner structure done in a t-shirt. Exactly medically accurate. See. So in other words, if we were to take all your flesh and blood and every take lot, them off, you'd see. Exactly, this is what you'd it wouldn't see. be green, though. It is green. You know, see, see how your blood looks blue. Yeah, well, that's just the vein. I mean, the color of the vein. I mean, the, the blood is actually red. Oh, well, maybe it's not green. I don't know. Anyway, this is what we sleep in time. Yeah. Did you notice? Speaking of 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 uh, Nigel's shirts, did you notice that? Okay, so he's got the Gumby T-shirt that he wears, right? And then later yeah. on, he's wearing a shirt with like a like a little square shirt pocket, and he's got a statue of Gumby hanging in his pocket. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know what that's up, what's up with that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what his Gumby his thing. You can also Gumby tell is. that their uh, their their tour um, budget is not very high because they're wearing the same shirts over and over again. No, I but I feel like that's. I, I feel like the reason for that is not because they don't have money. That's just because I feel like they're all just slobs and they're wearing the same t-shirt over and over again. I think it's a mix. <laughs> like, um, yeah. But, like, I mean, they always talk about getting picked up by limos, which is, like, and then they get picked up by limo in the one scene. And it's, like, how do they have money to be spending on all these fucking limos when nobody's coming to their, like, tour? Like, nobody's coming to their shows. Oh, so maybe, like, maybe it's, like, Kiss. It's, like, a styrofoam cup and then you just rip the entire bottom out. What? Well, the analogy is usually that this is well. This is the kiss analogy: is that uh, they went into their finance office oh, and the yeah. guy was like, "Well, you know, usually your finances is like a styrofoam cup, and you fill it up, and then you poke a small hole in the bottle, and you know it slowly comes out, and then you keep refilling the cup. But in your guys's case, you ripped the bottom off the cup, and no matter how much I pour in, it all goes out immediately." <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, well, I but but at the end of the movie, they were in a taxi, right? That's true. Because to, to their last gigs. They well, that was because of Janine, though, because she's like, I guess, not as as experienced as as, as she you might know, like as to think she is yeah. at, uh, <laughs> at uh, being a rock well, and roll manager. Combination with it was falling apart anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, also, I I think we get a couple indications that you know. Ian is not a good manager as well. Yeah, exactly. The <laughs> like, it's like, he's... oh yeah, the Boston gig is canceled. Don't worry, it's not a big college town. <laughs> it's hard. Is he just trying to say, is he just lying to them, though? He yeah, that's, that's the joke. That. I don't know. It's, it's not clear. It's not clear if he's just yeah. thick or if he's, like, lying to them. I guess yeah. he's probably doing a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. 
sugarcoating. Yeah. I mean, he knows how to fold ham. What? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, that's also a, such a good scene. Yeah, just the bit where Nigel is like folding the uh, where he's backstage, he's trying to make the sandwich. Yeah, but the bread's just too small. Bread's too small. Yeah, he's what do like you do? he's getting all excited. He's like, "Don't get it. I just don't want it to affect your performance." <laughs> it's like it's not gonna affect my performance. I am a professional. I will rise above. <laughs> <laughs> I will rise above. And he's like, really? You know, it's just got, it's just, it's, it's complete catastrophe. <laughs> you just keep folding and folding, folding. and the bread yeah. keeps breaking. Why would you keep folding? Look, this, this miniature bread, it's like, I've been working with this now for about half an hour and I can't figure out, let's say I want to, Mm -hmm. a bite, right? You got this? You'd like bigger bread? Exactly. I don't yeah. understand how you it's like. fold this then. I mean, well, no, it. then it's half the size. No, not the bread. No, you can fold the meat. Yeah, yeah but this, then, it, then it breaks bread. up, it breaks no, no, apart no, no, no. like you this. You put it on the bread like this, see? But then if then you keep folding it, it keeps breaking. Well, why would you keep folding and then it? everything has to be folded. Okay. So it's, it's a complete catastrophe. No, you're right. Nigel, Nigel, but <laughs> I mean, calm I don't, down. Calm down. No, it's not a big deal. It's a joke. It's really. It's just some crack at university, you know? Yeah, it's a joke. I don't want it to affect your performance. It's not going to affect my performance. Don't worry about it, all right? Hate it. Really, yeah, it does so it disturb me. Again. But I it's rise disgusting. above it. I'm a professional, right? Um, so yeah, should we? Uh, that's basically it for the production. You know, that's the we've talked about it. They improvised most of it. They shot it in a few weeks. Yeah, it was uh, pretty off the cuff. <laughs> yeah, should we talk a bit about the music? Because obviously, that's, that's like the most important part of the movie. Yeah, I for sure. Yeah. I'd love to. So, you wanna you wanna talk about? Like, like, what's your favorite track, Keaton? Stonehenge, for sure, is my favorite track. Um, yeah, so that was the one we listened to at the beginning, for anybody who uh, don't doesn't remember, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about you, Jake? What's your favorite? Um, I think it's gotta be Give Me Some Money. Yeah, alright. Well, that's not technically a Spinal Tap song. I It's a Tennyson no, song, isn't it? It's a Tennyson, yeah. Right, yeah, okay, so my favorite Spinal yeah. Tap song, then... I'll give it to you as the as yeah. the dynamic duo of uh, yeah, David know. and Nigel. I, I like uh, it's a it's a Tufnell Saint Hubbins song. Yeah, I do like uh, rock and roll creation. Right, yeah, yeah. that's a good one. That's a great song. Yeah. So rock and roll creation. I just love that one line where he's like, "And he knew that it was good." <laughs> it's just so good. And, like, the scene that it's, like, in is also amazing, where he's stuck inside the bubble. Oh, that, yeah. yeah. yeah he's stuck inside <laughs> the, um, uh, whatever cocoon. The clamshell kind of cocoon, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty good. I like how they start just flamethrowering him in there. It's like, that could go so wrong. Like, you're trying to burn him out of it? <laughs> well, I mean, like, I don't I don't get the sense that, like, the, the road crew for Spinal Tap is, like, no, particularly competent. No, I mean, Given the fact that the prop malfunctioned yeah, in the in, first place, in the first yeah. place right? Like, and like when Nigel falls over and like they're trying to lift him back up. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, that's great. That's excellent. That, that one guy in the background. Mm -hmm. um, Felix, what's your favorite song? Did you say? Uh, I didn't. Um, that's a tough one. There's so many that are ec excellent. Um, it's close. Shout out to Big Bottom for <laughs> oh, just being yeah, gotta, that's unbearably crass. For sure. But yeah. I, I think I'm gonna have to go heavy duty. Heavy, heavy duty. 
Heavy duty. So, so should, 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 should we listen to that one real quick? Yeah, I'm always, I'm always game. notes there what does it mean to bring out the duty in your soul i have no fucking question (laughs) and also i I think it's just stupid i think that's the point it's also just like that meditation stuff can make you go blind they're always he's always talking about how he's meditating david st heaven so it's like well maybe nigel wrote that song i guess so and maybe, and maybe it's maybe, pointed. Yeah, maybe fucking yeah, that's true. David Say Hub is just too thick to like realize he's talking about him. <laughs> maybe Although Nigel's really confused, so yeah, yeah. And he can he You're can get together to make a shot. Not <laughs> it's not too just to me. It's confused. Yeah, it's maybe it's a pointed just shot. Look at him. <laughs> He does love, he does love making shots. It's not at your job to be confused as Nigel. So yeah, we mentioned they all played their instruments but we didn't mention their their titles right it's uh david st hubbard's on lead guitar nigel tufnell on lead guitar oh really yeah (laughs) um derek smalls on bass guitar lead bass guitar right (laughs) (laughs) right And so on and so forth. I just thought that that you got to know the two, two lead, lead guitars. Yeah, players. right. I mean, although it's pretty clear who's who's really the lead guitar player there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah. So uh, you want to listen to? Uh, would you say your favorite was Keon Keaton? Well, I said, uh, Stone- I said oh, Stonehenge, right, right, right. Stonehenge, but okay. we should do uh, do Rock and Roll Creation is the one you said. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do that one.
So like, utter banger. So like, obviously, obviously, with like Rick Parnell, and uh, 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 what was his name? David Caff Caffinetti was his yeah. the name. What he called himself, Caffinetti. Um, obviously, they were real musicians, so they they added a huge level of musicality that like made it sound really. Oh good, yeah, but, definitely. Uh, that being said, like, like having a sick drummer like, on there is like. Yeah, really it elevates it. To, yeah. Um, um, I mean, you know, probably not as sick as Carl Palmer would have been, but, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, regardless, like, uh, uh, the, the, the guys who aren't musicians, like, are really good. Yeah, true. Like, that, I mean, you know? is that, uh, is that um, Christopher Guest actually playing all the guitar solos? It as f- it looked like it's everybody, yeah. It's the, it's okay. all of them on That's the... That's pretty impressive. Uh, I think Chris Guest most... Uh, Christopher Guest wrote most of the music and yeah, the songs yeah, yeah. and lyrics and, yeah. yeah but they all perform at yeah their instruments which yeah, is really impressive and that's yeah. it, it i find that adds so much to it because it's clear that they like really are having a great time yeah musician and like writing writing songs because like their songs are actually pretty like they're well written they clearly put a lot of work yeah. into making yeah. it not just funny but good musically so yeah. it's like that I think is what elevates this movie so much in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. that's definitely true. Well, and you like, know, like I mean, I mean, I want to draw the comparison to like uh, Walk Hard because exactly. obviously in that movie John C. Riley plays the main character, right? Right. This is I think this movie and Walk Hard actually go really well together because they're kind of like this movie doesn't have a lot of sex and drugs in it, but that one does. Right. And yeah, <laughs> so like, um, but also yeah. like, um, so John C. Riley actually like sings all the songs and he like uh knows a lot about music in general yeah he has a band uh, too i think he adds a lot to that movie exactly yeah Yeah. i think the music being good is something that's super important in a music movie that is actually like unfortunately overlooked so exactly yeah yeah well i think the other thing that elevates it too is well if you listen to like some of the earlier songs uh from the Spinal Tap canonical career and when they were at the Tamesman, et cetera, right? Yeah. And then kind of going through, I mean, you do notice, especially, you know, once, you know, you you notice that there's an evolution in the um, sophistication of their writing and their poetry and, you know, in, in terms of sexual <laughs> themes and, you know, <laughs> it's on the farm this. now. <laughs> yeah, they matured. They matured. They yeah, matured. They it's matured. on the farm it's now. It's on the farm, yeah. That's deep. That's poetry. Yeah. But, like, it's also, like, when they do their earlier stuff, like, it's very on the nose, like, what they're making fun of. Like, 
the give yeah, me some exactly, money thing. Yeah. It's like, like he's doing such an on the nose like parody of like Mick Jagger with his vocal. Yeah. Like he's just yeah. like, uh, it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so obviously stylistically, there's a lot of you know parody of metal, parody of you know uh, '60s kind of culture music. Yeah, and then obviously, I mean lyrically is excellent yeah parody <laughs> of all kinds of <clears throat> rock tropes and honestly a lot of worst parts of rock and roll right you know so you guys let us in with um tonight i'm gonna rock it tonight yeah that's yeah you know. which i mean if anybody listening noticed has some fairly disgusting lyrics pretty gross you're just four feet and you yeah. still got your baby <laughs> oh, teeth it's like... i'm you're too young and I'm too well hung, but tonight I'm going to rock it tonight. Yeah. And obviously we know that in the history of rock, there's been a lot of, you know, um, very questionable, questionable, if not downright pedophilic behavior. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. It's like, it's so rampant. It's disgusting. Like fucking just in my research today, like the amount of people I came across like Jimmy Page and like yeah. Nikki Six and like yeah, it's, uh, uh, well Elvis for Ted Nugent huh? Ted Nugent Ted Nugent and uh, uh, Jimmy St- Stewart and uh, or not Jimmy Stewart or not, no. <laughs> take that back don't you dare accuse Jimmy Stewart not, not Jimmy Stewart <laughs> the other one anyway yeah it's so it's i mean pretty bad in the history of rock but pretty you know it's pretty gross and it uh, but it's and yeah. it, but it's funny in the way that they do it which is a well hard i mean line yeah i mean the gross part is not like is not necessarily like spinal tap song but just the fact that like what they're parodying is so on the nose yes exactly, exactly yeah yeah like- yeah yeah, it's the actual content that they're satirizing that's like gross, not the actual like what they're th- what they did is fine and totally like it's not it's not I don't I wouldn't say at least that it's questionable that it's No, but it's, it's a fine line no. to walk I in mean, terms it's, of like it's, I think it's pretty clear that like you it's know, satirical, yeah. It's like, you know, you're just four feet and you've still got your baby <laughs> yeah, teeth. I think is, probably the, is yeah. not serious. No, I think probably the more I don't know if they had a conversation about it, but I think the more out there you make it, the more right. clear yeah. and safe it. But makes. the disturbing part is it's not even like that far out for like a lot of like shit yes. that was going on. Like yeah, yeah, like little schoolgirl songs and shit. It's yeah. like really gross, really yeah. gross shit. Yeah, I don't know. Like, and the like kiss so song, many bands, Christine sixteen. I mean, that's like on the low end of, yeah. of gross, right? <laughs> yeah. But How like, old was Priscilla yeah. when when yeah. her and Elvis got? No, married. but I'm just, I'm just saying like lyrical. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, people, even Steven Tyler, like what he he like adopted? Not he. Well, he didn't adopt her. That's that's kind of he he in order because she was under sixteen or something. So in order for her to come on tour with them, he had to like make her. Uh, to be her legal, legal guardian. Wait, legal are you guardian. sure you're not talking about Ted Nugent, or this is just the exact same thing that happened? Yeah, probably cases. the exact same thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's. I mean, I'm sure it happened all the time. You know, yeah. that's like that's how crazy that's it is, really and fucked. like how shit's. It's fucked. It's totally fucked. Shit's different for rock stars apparently, and it's messed up. Yeah. Anyway, hot bangers though. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think we got another segment coming up. 
Well, yeah, speaking of all these actual rock stars, I think we got a, a different segment coming up. So, what would you say is is the um, the logical negation of of something that is false? Hmm. Something that's accurate, maybe. No, I don't think that's quite it. No, uh, correct. That's closer. It's closer. Closer. Um, so, 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 what is the uh, so so something that is it's it's not false. It has a quality to it. It is right. It it is uh, unfalse. So it is not false. What do you call that? Anti wrong. <laughs> The word for that is truth. Ah, I, it wasn't coming to mind. All right, so I think we, we've uh, we've been doing some investigations here. Yeah. <laughs> Into yeah, as a sir. We, as, I was just gonna say, as a group, we've come together to do some investigations here. Yeah, so it's my understanding that we're all gonna we're all we all have our own grains of truth. Yes. Well alleged allegations right most i mean although some of this we do have pretty hard evidence yes in yeah, fact some, uh, most of this i think is 100 percent true i mean you can say that the action the what happened was true but how it's you know whether that's uh specifically an inspiration of of the film right right, most, right. well i most of, most of the time it's hearsay yeah but I, I think what we're basically focusing on is like things in the rock and roll world that very closely resemble things in this movie or things that are that that might happen this final tap yeah yeah that's that's kind of the second one is more what i was thinking it's kind of like stuff that stuff, stuff that, that could that could have happened to spinal tap it, yeah exactly stuff that if you read about it happening to spinal tap you'd be like yep for sure <laughs> um but but actually it happened to real people or real bands. And, and you know, there's the classic stories of Ozzy Osbourne snorting ants uh, or Keith Richards snorting his father's ashes because, you know, rock stars like to snort things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's Sounds not really that right. Spinal Tappy. Yeah, it's true. Because once again, we we're saying there's not that much, like, drug stuff in Spinal Tap. No. So it's like, while I was looking through this, I found tons of debauchery, but a lot of it yeah. was, like, you know, the sex and drugs variety. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of sex and drugs debauchery, but there's not like so so these are these are the more as best we could find them, the more spinal tappy things. Yeah, so um, like these these would be kind of like, you know malfunctioning stage things or like uh you yeah. know. <laughs> there's a few things, but first I just wanted to mention just um Steven Tyler. Um yeah. there was a nineteen ninety seven interview, um with the rhythm guitarist from Aerosmith, Brad Whitford, mm -hmm. talking about Spinal Tap. The first time Steven Tyler saw it, he didn't see any humor in it. Um, uh, <laughs> one of the so maybe that's first... what you were thinking of, Jake. No, no, I see. I see. Remember Eddie Van Halen saying something also, about it. Like, well, I mean, it could just be no, such no. a very 
it was the edge. There were two quotes. One okay. the edge was the one about the crying. Um, but Steven Tyler also didn't see any humor in it. Too many people felt like there were shots fired, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, I but I feel like a, a lot of other people were in on the joke. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, like especially because like even on some of the later things, like they had they had like a ton of guests with Spinal Tap that like played with them. Right. And yeah. like, like I assume they were cool. <laughs> you <laughs> like, gotta be able to laugh were, at yourself, yeah, right? I, I mean, I didn't get the vibe. I didn't get the vibe that Brad Whitford was implying that he was offended. I got the vibe no. Brad Whitford was implying that it was like so much like him that he didn't right. get it. Well, I apparently Metallica like really enjoyed the movie and like the um the idea for the Black album, like the Metallica album, right. is based yeah. on Smell the Glove. Oh god. <laughs> like that's yeah. why they did it. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And that whole tour was based on on that and I think they even met with Spinal Tap on that tour. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it's, it's jokes. Yeah. They had, like, a photo op with Spinal Tap. Another Steven Tyler quote that is kind of um, kind of Spinal Tappy. It's a little, dr- like, druggy. It's just, it's just funny that I, I just kind of imagine a, a Derek Small saying it. Well, Jerry Garcia said that we were the druggiest bunch of guys uh, the Grateful Dead ever saw. They were worried about us. So that gives you an idea of how fucked up we were. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Jerry Garcia thinks you're fucked I mean, up. You're pretty fucked. So yeah, Jake, you you go ahead now. Okay, so the first one I had is like this kind of reminded me of the scene where uh, Nigel with Nigel and the bread. Yeah, where he's getting where he wants to bring bread. Yeah, keep yeah. folding or, and folding. He keeps yeah. So uh, <laughs> basically, I heard that that uh, Van Halen would always have on their rider, which is the piece of paper that you give to like the venue to tell them what you want like backstage yeah yeah, yeah. like it always specifically said like oh we want a bowl of m&ms with all the brown m&ms taken out (laughs) (laughs) which is like i assume really fucking annoying and just like you know such a like later apparently david lee roth from Van Halen uh, claimed that the reason they did it was to make sure that they read the rider, but I don't know. To me, it just sounds like they were being annoying and like, yes, you know? probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it just seems like something Spinal like Tap would get, do. Even if that's true, that's like an annoying way to do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, <laughs> do you really have to like make them take it out? Like, it just seems like Nigel would be backstage and be like. You see, it's got brown M&M's in it, and I don't like those ones. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, yes, yeah, sir. I can imagine that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and the second one is, uh, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, this is apparently true, but um, I, I also want to mention that this was a variation of this showed up in Wayne's World 2, which is not a great movie, um, where they were, they talk about Ozzy wanting a brandy glass full of brown m&ms before right. he goes on stage right. very good which is obviously a variant of that uh yeah and so the next one involves alice cooper okay which is you know yeah he's very spinal tappy he's already very spinal. Well, yeah like a lot of things involving snakes and stage props right <laughs> but like um i just want to introduce this whole like uh what this whole bit is with just a quote by Alice Cooper okay. uh, or Vince Fernier, if you prefer. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, he says, I in 30 years, 
I've never had a snake defecate on stage. And this one decided that te- that, that was going to be the night. <laughs> All right. I like where this is going already. So, good start. Good start. So yeah. this, this is just sort of a stage disaster where apparently uh, Alice Cooper was like, doing a show as he has done many, many hundreds of times with snakes. <laughs> I witnessed one, not uh, from the inside of a concert, but I sat outside of an Alice Cooper concert <laughs> on a tall ship in Bay City, Michigan. So basically what happened was this snake <laughs> took a dump all over the stage, mm. which is like, <laughs> you don't really think that, like when you see a snake, you don't really think about the risk of it taking a shit on stage. No, you yeah. don't think about that too often. <laughs> like, um, so apparently the way he puts it, he says, the audience was laughing at all the wrong times, so I knew that there was something wrong. I didn't realize it at first, and then all of a sudden I went, I went, what's that? Because it was a really <laughs> horrific smell. Oh, God. <laughs> I'd say... Wait, also, le- hold on. Hold on, just to... to, to- the audience was laughing at all the wrong times implies that there were times in his show that they were supposed to be laughing. I think that there is, there's probably a, a time in an Alice Cooper show where you're supposed to laugh. Yeah, I know, which is hilarious. Yeah, I know. <laughs> to think of like a rock and roll concert where times where you're supposed to laugh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so he said it, it left about eight piles that if you saw it, you'd say a Doberman Pinscher or, or a Great Dane would have left a pile like that all <laughs> oh, down God. the side of my stage clothes. So, like, it actually shat oh, on God. him. Oh, that's so bad. But, like, oh, I don't know. If, if you've ever seen Alice Cooper, like, this is not a small snake. So, like, right, like, yeah. giant fucking no. snake. Um, so he said, now the, the, the roadies, who are dressed as clowns, by the way, uh, are on stage trying to clean up all this stuff and it smells so bad oh, and that all the clowns are throwing up. Now I have clowns throwing up on stage and a boa constrictor crap all over. That's amazing. Like oh, That just God. sounds like the most disastrous show you yeah, could imagine. Yeah. That's very Spinal Tap. I believe that's more Spinal Tap than Spinal Tap could even achieve. Yeah. Like, would you rather get, you know, stuck in a pod... Or have a boa constrictor shit on you. <laughs> Stuck in a pond any Tough day of the choice. week. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I should add. There's also a lot of uh, stories of Alice Cooper like accidentally leaving snakes in hotel rooms. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And like they they would like go inside the toilet room. That's a bit and, unfortunate like, that he mistreated all those snakes. Yeah, I don't know. Like. I don't, yeah. Also, do snakes don't like, like, vibrations and stuff. I feel like it's not a great idea to have a snake at, like, the loudest possible event. Right. Like, maybe maybe he had a snake professional on board and this... I know, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure he, he did. Like, he seems, like, I don't know, he seems like he uh, is very serious about his snakes. Like, I guess, I, guess, I guarantee later Alice Cooper did. Yeah. Have Had, like, a snake guy. I don't know about, like, early Alice Cooper, but I don't know. Yeah. Who yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll look into it. That's that's very funny. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a I've got a quick one here. I was kind of looking. I was thinking that the scene um, with uh, Ian Faith and he's talking about the cricket bat, and then there's the flashbacks of him smashing yeah, TVs yeah. with it. I was kind of curious about you know band managers that might have had that kind of reputation. 
So uh, does this oh, involve yeah. Led Zeppelin? It does involve Led Zeppelin. This is Peter Grant. This is Peter Grant, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the band manager for Led Zeppelin, yeah, who's over six feet, over three hundred pounds, big dude, Jesus and Christ. was notorious for um, not taking any shit from anyone, mm. and especially shaking down people at Zeppelin shows who were trying to bootleg record or anything mm. like that. And there's a quote Yikes. here. When a bootlegger or unauthorized photographer was identified, it was the lucky infringing party who was let off with a merely a severe verbal reprimand and confiscating of unauthorized T-shirts and film. So he was known for beating the shit out of them. And there's also Yikes. an incident where him and his security team got in a fight with a promoter staff and ended up getting jailed. Oh jeez! Holy shit! <laughs> Along with John Bonham, because John Bonham was like, "I'll join the fight." Right? Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Anyway, and I was also looking. This is not as related, but I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, at band managers, are you familiar with, with Kit Lambert? The name sounds really familiar. Yeah. So he's he was the band manager for the Who in right. their early days, uh, including oh, right. up to yeah. Tommy. Hmm. His, but this is I was reading he, this he, he basically like built the band that's right he like yeah pretty much yeah um so when he was younger before he met the who he went on to an expedition in Brazil to try and map out uh the longest undescended river in the world the Iriri so he <laughs> went on yeah he went on this expedition with his friend and the expedition ended in disaster when his friend was abducted and killed in a ritual sacrifice by a cannibal tribe. Oh, jeez. What? What? So I can imagine that being something that might happen in Spinal Tap. Also, that's well, very tragic. I, I mean, it happened to one of their drummers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I can see that being a story they tell in Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, it was extremely tragic. Um... <laughs> So this is a kind of a, a bigger one. Um, so we're all familiar with Rob Reiner, director of the film. Yes, we are. But are you yes, familiar indeed. with Rob Reiner? Okay, I'm, not what? Sure what, I'm not sure what you're getting at here. What's the difference here? So Rob Reiner, spelt R-O-B-B, <laughs> Reiner, B same Rob. spelling, double B okay. Rob, is okay. one of the two co-founding members of the Canadian heavy metal band Anvil. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, right, sick. Yeah. That's right. Right. So, we can we can we can we can hold judgment till the end to decide what what's going on here, but so the story of Anvil is Rob Reiner and his partner Stephen Lips Kudlow, Lips being his nickname, uh, grew up in the Toronto area and formed a band when they were 14 together uh, called Gravestone and went on to form Anvil. Anvil is known for their ridiculous imagery of album covers and song names such such as Thumbhang, based on the Spanish Inquisition, and Show Me Your Tits. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Anvil's flying, shooting bullets, etc. Um, yeah. But Anvil was pretty big at some point in in uh, in in the mid eighties, as uh, when when they formed in nineteen eighty one, and uh, and that was their first album. And then they kind of toured for a bit. They kind of fell out of favor, um, and then 
uh, they, you know, they kept, they were kind of like lifers, right? Doing, doing their gigs and et cetera. And in the early mid two thousands, they were kind of touring in obscurity and one of their former fans, uh, let me get this right. Um, Martin Bergy, <laughs> Sasha Gervaisi, um, who was one of their, who was like a diehard fan of theirs in the eighties caught up with them after he had become a uh, director and screen screenwriter and he decided that he wanted to film them and make make a movie yeah. about their tour uh, so they were on a tour of Europe which was just a calamity of you know playing for supposed to be a 10,000 seat arena that was guaranteed a crowd of 5,000 and 170 people showed up and getting lost in Prague, missing their train, missing their flight, etc. Um, and so that's all very tap-like. Uh, and yeah. they get some solace in the end because, and I, and I kid you not, they get big in Japan again. <laughs> so like because this, this happened after Spinal Tap this happened, sure that, so, so okay so, yeah, our... so anyway so it's these two guys they're touring in obscurity for a long time a former fan of theirs catches yeah. back up with them makes a movie about them and yeah. then they get big in Japan also yeah. um, they I mean this is kind of self-fulfilling prophecy they were both produced by a studio in England that had amps that turned to 11 and they also had their own amps that turned to 11 and they pilgrimaged to Stonehenge. Um, the list really goes on. Yeah. It's but crazy. M- but my, point, it's... My, my point being, so yeah, so they kind of became big after Spinal Tap came out. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, they're the real life Spinal Tap, but are we sure that Spinal Tap is aren't just time travelers from the future oh. that saw the arc, career arc of Anvil and was like, let's go back in time and make a movie about that before it happens? That's... No, I kind of suspect that they probably massaged several aspects of the Anvil film to be more like Spinal Tap because they thought it'd be funny. No, they did, and they self-admitted yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the parallels are are very, very... They're, they're really there. Well, yeah, because they're, they're on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> no, but even just of their career of yeah. them like being yeah, together yeah, since yeah. they were 14 and yeah. you know touring in obscurity and going getting big in japan yeah but i mean i feel like part of that was because spinal tap was yeah. trying to like spinal tap was like supposed to kind of represent like a lot of different rock and roll bands at the time yeah. so it yeah. was like you know like it doesn't seem surprising to me that that would actually happen yeah, you know? yeah exactly yeah. like yeah, I suppose that's true. Because the whole point was Spinal Tap was supposed to be believable as like a real band, yes. right? So yeah. it's like you know, but it's also it's not surprising that that actually happened to a real band. And, but it is surprising yeah. that the guy's name is also Rob Reiner. That is the most surprising part. That is the most surprising. I, it's that all is like, identical. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's time travel. I don't know, Keaton. What do you think? Time travel is not what I was expecting you to say. Um. <laughs> so, so that I really mean, this is me. the truth. Yeah, exactly. I thought I thought it would be a welcome twist. Yeah, Keith, where are the aliens? No, it's totally a welcome. Christopher Guest is a time-traveling alien who stole Anvil's identity. Interesting theory. So, but so is Rob Reiner and Rob Reiner the same person? 
in the time yeah, traveling he's theory? the time traveling yeah. alien i don't know <laughs> so did rob reiner travel to the past or did rob reiner travel to the future <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh i don't know anyway so anyway that's the anvil story yeah. which they are legitimately the closest thing to a real life spy. i track. actually haven't seen the film it's uh, very funny anvil, you right? should watch it it's, yeah, 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 yeah. it's called oh, it's anvil the story of anvil right uh, anvil exclamation mark the story of anvil for anybody who hasn't seen it anyway very funny um yeah good movie uh there's another clip i had seen of christopher guest talking about some of the actual inspirations that mm. he saw uh, that he had of of Spinal Tap, and he and he tells this story of he was in L.A. waiting for a friend in the lobby of a hotel, and he sees this British band, and uh, the manager is up at the check in, and then suddenly he turns to the members, and it's 1974, and the manager's like, "Where's your bass?" Yeah. And the bass player's like, uh, I, "I don't know. Uh, I think <laughs> I think I might have left at the airport." It's like you. You left your base at the airport, and then it's like I don't know where's my base, and then where's my base, and where where's the base? I don't know. You tell me. It's like yeah. I'm not. I don't know. You tell me. Right. Apparently, this went on for 15 <laughs> minutes where they were just confused about the base, and then asking each other where the base were mm. was. <laughs> he doesn't say who the band was. Though, no, he, okay. he 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 yeah. provides some anonymity. Right. Bummer. <laughs> In terms of other connections, there's I mean there's the obvious. Um, Yoko Ono caricature. Oh, Janine. yeah. yeah what, I, what I thought was <laughs> pretty like... funny was she just, I love the scene where she's like just suggesting they become Kiss and she starts handing them very oh, poorly yeah. Yeah. Zodiac yeah. signed like drawings that she's like, it's so easy. Anyway, so that's also a, a Kiss relation. Hey, I mean, it worked for Kiss. Yeah. He passes him the bug one. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I, I wish I was this one. Yeah, or it was a crowd, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> well, he's, a a, he's just a goat with devil horns. Right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Keaton. Yeah. Do you have your truth? Yeah, I got a couple here for you. So I'll start off small, and we'll work our way up to the bigger ones. Um. So. So yeah, the first small one. Um. Brian Eno hypnotized Coldplay what <laughs> that doesn't surprise me <laughs> which sounds very Spinal Tap I'm sure Brian Eno hypnotized Spinal Tap at one point oh yeah um, but no he didn't he didn't specifically uh, he didn't hypnotize them but during the making of uh, Milo Zyloto or whatever however you pronounce, pronounce it uh, Brian Eno came in and was like, "Here, you guys have to, you guys have to try recording while you're under hypnosis." Like, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like um, a very Brian Eno suggestion. And they were like, "Yeah," and they were like, "Yeah, yeah, right, Brian." So Brian brought a guy in who hypnotized them, and they recorded a little bit while, quote unquote, under hypnosis. And they were like, "Yeah, it didn't really do much for us, but we, you know, we're open to new experiences, I guess." So did it? Did it? I assume it didn't make it to the album. I don't know. It's unclear, but <laughs> it may have. It's possible. Right. So next, uh, I couldn't find any cases of any rock stars spontaneously combusting. Mm, um, unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Or there are fortunate. quite a few who have been electrocuted. If that's what you gotta get. <laughs> no, but but one better. Um, 
once in the Black Sabbath recording studio, uh, guitar player Tony Iommi um, doused drummer Bill Ward with alcohol um, and lit him on fire. What? While in front of, in front of producer Martin Birch. What the fuck was going on in there? <laughs> so, it That's was ridiculous. What is the context to this? It was a quote-unquote prank um, that these guys, prank, often, <laughs> these guys often these guys often pranked intense each other. It's an intense fucking prank. Well, these guys like pranked each other all the time, apparently. But they often did this too, where they like performed this to like freak people out. Um, right. So they'd done it before, but like normally the alcohol would just burn off. Um, oh, so the time, guy was in on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the yeah, guy that was doused was in on it. It wasn't a prank on him. No, I think this okay, one was a prank on Martin Birch. Okay, because that a really fucking shitty prank. Yeah, exactly. I think they were trying to freak out Martin Birch. Right. Um, so, but normally, yeah, normally the alcohol just burns off and they have a laugh. But this time that he poured a bit too much or I don't know what happened, but it soaked yeah. into, into Ward's clothes. Um, and the fire, like, really caught on. So he was, like, genuinely on fire. Um, Jeez. And he was like rolling around on the ground, like screaming on fire. Wow! Sustain any Iommi, severe burns? Yeah, well, Tony Iommi was pouring more alcohol onto him because he thought oh, it why? was a bit. So he was just standing over him, laughing, pouring more alcohol onto this friend who was like, while this other guy stood there horrified. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they an ambulance had to be called, but he was fine. Um. <laughs> But like, he, like he wasn't horribly disfigured. I think he got some bort burns, but he, nothing too horrible. Right. Uh, and yeah, but they stopped doing pranks like that. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So no spontaneous combusting. And now finally, this one is uh uh I couldn't help myself. This you'll see why this one's for me, but this one's also a bit for Felix too. Okay. So this is an interview with uh, Ace Frehley. So it's not for me, basically. No, you, this is not you. You won't enjoy this at all. <laughs> all right, great. I'm looking forward to this. It's an interview with Ace Frehley. Oh yes. Well, that's a good start. This is him. My dad was an electrical engineer. My brain is just attracted to that type of stuff. I also read a lot of books about Einstein. I'm fascinated by the speed of light and whether we can go beyond it. Some people believe that time travel is possible. Oh, God. I'm also completely intrigued by the idea that maybe human beings were spawned from aliens. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good that's good okay that's good yeah so that sounds like something that like nigel tuffman would say to oh, me in, oh, in say, in my... i don't know we're bordering on jose here yeah we are for sure <laughs> um so then the interviewer asks him uh i'm gonna need you to elaborate do you mean like in scientology are you talking about xenu <laughs> And then this is this is how Ace Frehley responds. Listen, Homo sapiens have been around for about 300,000 years. But in the last 5,000 years, our brain capacity has tripled. And there's no explanation for that biologically. 
the only logical explanation I can come up with is that we mated with aliens and our DNA mixed with theirs and gave us that much more intelligence. How do you think the pyramids got built? Wait, so he didn't deny being a Scientologist? (laughs) No, he didn't. He did not. Uh, That's pretty good. But it's not Um, just like the aliens gave us our intelligence. (laughs) We specifically mated with them. Yeah. And I like, he ends that, he ends that rant by, with, how do you think the pyramids got built? How do you like the pyramids? It's like, I don't fucking know. It's like, it's the easiest way to stand up a structure. There's actually I feel like a couple more stories about Ace Frehley just came to my mind, actually. There's, there's well, there's more the one night interview. he showed up on Gene Simmons' doorstep in full Nazi oh, was SS attire. Yeah, well, and, there's... And, and he just started doing Zieg Heil over and over <laughs> again, <that's>... just blasted <laughs> out of his mind, and Gene was just like, go home, Ace. Yeah. But I, I was thinking of, like, some slightly funnier... Uh... <laughs> stories like um and well, very spinal tap well apparently ace fraley was laughing hysterically oh, really? the whole time oh, during this, that this interview started this interview started with a guy saying like i expected to be talking about his new book that is coming out but instead we talked about nazis and aliens Jeez. <laughs> um, so I, I was just thinking of like the story about uh him like not taking off his makeup like falling asleep in his makeup and then like having like it react when his face and he got like a rash yikes oh god yeah that's because they were use cheap makeup probably yeah i guess um but yeah that just seems very spinal tappy so do you want to hear the rest of this interview with face fraley yeah okay we're this is just all about aliens well there's just there's a few more back and forth left here all right so to answer the question how do you think the pyramids got built um the interviewer responds, I don't know, Egyptian teamsters. Um, and then Ace Fraley goes on, what about Chichen Itza and all that stuff? All the great civilizations from the past had one commonality, and that's pyramids. Ah, uh, yes. And then the interviewer asks, how do you know that you personally have alien DNA? Is it just a hunch? Or do you ever feel or think or behave in a way that suggests in an another worldly bloodline? That's, wait, wait, that's wait, an wait, excellent wait. lead on. What publication is this? <laughs> the the interview is more. Uh, let me find out. Like, like who is this interviewer? No, it's a <laughs> just going shitty, along with it. It's a shitty interview. It's not a good interview. Yeah. It's a shitty <laughs> website. Like the interviewer has some really questionable. Uh, oh yeah, no, that's right. It's MTV News. Oh, okay. It's an interview with MTV News. <laughs> yeah, you know they just want the clickbait. They're just like, so tell me more. Yeah. Yeah, it's like go on. Um, Dig your hole deeper. So his response to how he knows that he has alien DNA is, well. Let's just say that sometimes I feel a lot smarter than other people. Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) I thought we all had alien DNA. Smarter how? I never took a guitar lesson. I never took an art lesson. I just know how to do a lot of things, and nobody ever told me how to do it. (laughs) Uh Oh, God. This kind of sounds like you're a moron there, Ace. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ace doesn't strike me as like, a very a scholarly scholarly fellow, fellow yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
are you talking that's, about? That's, he's smarter than other people. He reads lots of. He's obsessed with Einstein. Yeah. And the speed of light. Like, I mean, he seems a bit thick to me, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. He comes across pretty thick. Well, yeah, that, was, so that yeah. was that was that that's a great interview. I assume it goes on. Does it go on? There, there's more, but I, we won't. There's we don't need to include the rest of it. You can go read it. You can search MTV News Ace Fraley interview aliens. It's in there. It's there's a lot of it. It's quite long actually. I, I wonder if he knows how that. Maybe they talk about Nazis. They, too, they should get in touch. Like. Does he not have yes. any explanation for like why the aliens are so? I assume, I assume that the aliens are supposed to be just humanoid, right? Like, well, he just... doesn't say, right? But yeah, if he, he if some people more are detail. more alien than other people, and all humans look the same, then surely they must look the same as humans. I think no. he goes into more detail in his book. Oh, okay, sick. Which one? Um, it's called. Is it Into the Void? No. With Ace Frehley. That's not his book. That's the expose that his girlfriend wrote on him. Actually, oh God, about. gross. Yeah, it's not good. I don't. I don't want to hear anything about that. Yeah. Um, it's called No Regrets. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> That's a so loaded sound, title. <laughs> sounds like he should have regrets. Yeah. If I was Ace, really, I'd almost definitely have regrets but i guess yeah like not, not cash in on that cow yeah. more or yeah. specifically the nazi outfit thing finally uh to return to spinal tap because uh, i wouldn't be crank at commentaries if we didn't let's really quickly talk about the lawsuit okay yeah <laughs> so, so i didn't know there was a lawsuit. there was so. a lawsuit it happened quite a bit after the film okay yeah very recently actually yeah. Um, so I'm just gonna like read a few uh, uh, excerpts from the Wikipedia page because it's not long. It's just it's interesting, and I think yeah. we should include it um, because it's a lawsuit and we can't resist that shit. We love exactly. copyright law. It's interesting. <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, Universal I'll... Pictures, come at me. <laughs> um, so on October twenty or uh, on October seventeenth, twenty sixteen. Okay. Uh, very recent. Yeah. Harry Shearer filed a $125 million fraud and breach of contract lawsuit against both Studio Canal, the the successor in interest to Embassy Pictures, um, and Vivendi, which owns the studio. Um, Shearer claimed that he and the other co-stars of the film received only $179 for sales of merchandise and music over the prior three decades. Yikes. So that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty bad. Uh, and, like, obviously they've made, uh, they've made much more than that. Um, so in February 2017... Shearer's co-stars Christopher Guest and Michael McKean, as well as Rob Reiner, joined the lawsuit against Studio Canal and Vivendi, seeking $400 million in damages. Um, right. In the same month, Vivendi made an attempt to motion the court to dismiss the case. Um, in September of 2017, a judge dismissed Shearer, um, Reiner, and McKean from the case. Um, so essentially, it, it got kind of muddled they almost lost it but then they revised it and they brought universal music group into the case which really saved shit because okay. i think they're a big company with big lawyers. lawyers exactly yeah. <laughs> so this really put um 
shit back on track. And in August 2018, Judge Dolly G ruled that guest Reiner McKean and Shearer may pursue the fraud claim against Vivendi, which is the studio, um, which, who or rather owns the studio. Yeah. Um, so Vivendi is like also one of the world's largest media companies. Like it's insane. Like how many, how much shit they own. So like, that's, this is like a pennies. huge drops in the bucket. Yeah. But also like, uh, it that's it's a lot of balls to come like just as them and sue Vivendi. Right. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Go for it. Yeah. Um so the case related to sales of the soundtrack was settled out of court by November twenty nineteen. Okay, with, so they uh, got something. Yeah. So yeah. Do we know we how have... much or is that kept? No, secret? that's usually not public. Right. So But presumably it was enough that, you know you know Enough they, that they settled. They settled, right? Like Nice, good for them. It's also kind of bullshit that they didn't get anything for that long, though. Yeah, well, definitely. Well, so UMG retained distribution rights um, with the music, but eventually returning to Shearer, Guest, and McKean in the future. A settlement between Vivendi, Studio Canal, and the cast on the merchandising aspect was reached in September 2020. Um, with final details to be resolved in the following months. So okay, so the the full lawsuit is still yet to be resolved. Yeah, theoretically, the merchandising agreement in place yeah. that they're yeah, yeah, they're yeah. working together on it. But okay. it looks like the the music aspect has been resolved, which is good. Right. Okay. So it looks like they got what they want. Yeah, it looks like they were successful, which is awesome. Hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Hundred a hundred and seventy nine dollars. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> that's absurd. Well, I was looking. I was like, kind of... I don't know. Wait, does that include? Like, I I wonder what that includes. Like, if they're just talking about like the original soundtrack album, or if that includes the stuff that they recorded afterwards as well. Because mm. mm, I'm wondering if because that wasn't like they were probably recorded that on their own, like just through Universal Music, right? So, like, I don't know if Vivendi would have any stake in that. I'm not sure. Yeah, because I like know. I don't know the que- like my question is like obviously Vivendi owns the, the rights to the film itself and all the probably all the music in the film too. Maybe they got just some money from the trademarking. Yeah, but I'm saying like I wonder who owns the like because the writing credits I assume are still with. Well, it would have to be yeah. right. So yeah, I don't know. I wonder who owns who who how that was split up. But yeah, like I assume that they only got 179 dollars of. What they were supposed to get from Studio Canal or Vivendi. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily that they only made $179 off all of the music yeah, ever, yeah, because yeah. then, like, I would I, I, I would question why they would go back and record later albums if they were only getting $179. Yeah, from, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just for fun, I guess. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, but, it, like, the amount that they were seeking implies that they exactly. were getting stiffed yeah. a lot out of a yeah. lot. Um, but exactly. yeah, but yeah, there you have it. That's like most of our details. Nice. Um, yeah. So it's kind of time for us to close things, close things out for the evening with yeah. our, um, some of our final thoughts on the film. Um, you want to start us off there, Felix, as our, as our honored guest? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I love this movie, honestly. It's 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 one of the funnier movies I think I've ever seen. And 
don't know. I love the soundtrack. I, I I love a lot of the Spinal Tap songs. I do own the soundtrack record, so yeah, I think it's yeah, all exactly. good fun. And uh, I hadn't watched it enough times, so it was it was really fun to go back and watch it for the podcast. And um, you know, I hope uh, with you two guys being the uh, you know creative geniuses of this podcast, you know, <laughs> you guys are kind of like fire and ice and i hope i was able to you know kind of bridge that like lukewarm water yeah always it's like fire and ice basically mm-hmm. so you know i feel my role is to, in the band is to be kind of in the middle of that kind of like lukewarm water jake what do you what do you think i mean i don't know obviously it's such a classic film and i just i just really want to stress that like the reason i think it was so effective and so funny is because of how on the nose it was yeah for <laughs> sure like, yeah. yeah yeah exactly it's pretty bold in a way too like yeah it's a lot of like it's a very critical film you know? yeah definitely like it, it's cutting yeah exactly <laughs> ripping a bunch of people and a whole industry totally like yeah, no yeah. well, I mean, they kind of deserve it, to be honest. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally, totally deserve it, but yeah. still. Especially, like, an industry that's, like, kind of parallel to their industry. Like, it's not... Yeah. I mean, clearly they knew a lot of, like, people in it, because, like, they yeah. had, like, some proper, like, musicians show up in their uh, in their film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that, like, it as I mentioned earlier, it like the fact that the music was good is so important, uh, for making it like last so long. Um, but also something that most people mention when they watch this movie is like every time you rewatch it, there's like kind of a new thing you notice. Mm. So that's kind of where it's rewatchability comes from. So it's, it's kind of one of those cult movies. Yeah, definitely. I could rewatch sure. this movie so many times. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I caught a, a lot yeah. more from it than I did, uh, you know. Yeah, any other time, like you know, it's 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 good. Like it's fun, also, because like I watched it like I watched it probably dozens of times when I was like a kid, and probably fewer times since I've been an adult. So, uh, watching it as an adult, I mean, I'm catching even more and more things. So it's like mm. there's still yeah, yeah. fucking great shit in there. So. Everybody who hasn't seen it in a while, I encourage you to go watch it right now. Or for sure. Honestly, I encourage you to watch the movies that we're talking about before we talk about it because we ruin everything about it. It's probably more fun yeah, if you know what I we're mean, talking about. But yeah, that's just. I mean, obviously, some people are going to listen to this without having seen the movie, but that's just the way it goes. But yeah. so, yeah, yeah. if you got to this point and you haven't seen the movie and you ruined it for yourself, <laughs> I don't think we really ruined it because I don't think like. I don't think there's really anything to remember no, in the movie. No, like, no, there's no. no plot details that you really anyway, care about. Like, point being, go get a neuralizer, neuralize yourself, yeah, exa- neuralize and then go. <laughs> but tell yourself to go watch the movie and then come back and listen yeah. to the podcast again. Make sure that's in the statement. We want. Right. Yes. You got to make sure you can do that. Yeah. Yes, and um, finally, very finally, Felix, as our honored guest, would you like to plug anybody, anything, any place? To oh, our, to our esteemed, glorious audience, who we love, uh, we know. we love all of you. I don't know that I really have anything to plug. Um, local businesses, yes. shop local, <laughs> support shop support local, local in Toronto, Ontario. Well, or wherever you, or wherever you, wherever you are, yeah, like, wherever you Amazon's, to be. Amazon's yeah. making too much money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't shop with Amazon. 
if you can, can if you, if can, you avoid can avoid it, it. Yeah. yeah i understand that it's convenient and for yeah, totally. some things you don't have any <laughs> options yeah. but if you, like don't if you, shop with amazon until they give us some affiliate links do what you gotta do if you gotta do it there's never any any shame if you gotta do what you gotta do but if you can if you can can do shop local anyway we've gotten really off topic here we're talking about smile tap what's Um, what's gonna play us out uh i think i got one for something sick yeah okay ready yeah yeah all right well actually yeah i guess we'll see you next time next week thanks for having me guys Thanks, Thanks for being on the show. Until yeah. next time. I probably won't be here next week. Well, I don't you, know. Yeah, I don't know. I'll be I, here I don't think you'll be here next week, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be out here for a seventh time point. next yeah. time. I'm sure you'll be here again. Yeah. All right. Peace, guys. Thank you.